a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we are very pleased to be joined now by Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee. Uh, we were uh, texting back and forth this morning about a, a remarkable article in The Hill this morning. Uh, I had to keep rereading it, thinking it may have been in The Onion, uh, but talking about earmarks. And, uh, Senator, thanks for joining us. And uh, I know this is an issue that uh, has been part of what you've been fighting against in Washington uh, for over a decade now. Yes, I have. The idea is earmarks. Earmarks are basically a, a form of legalized corruption. Uh, long undertaken by Congress that has been technically banned over the last decade. There are a lot of people wanting to bring it back, and it raises all sorts of questions. But more than anything, it raises concerns for the American people who want to make sure that their elected lawmakers in Washington aren't there to just give money, billions of dollars at a time, to special interests in their states or districts. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things to me, and uh, I know this was a, a battle you fought early on and a, and a great victory early on uh, in your time in the United States Senate, uh, was getting a ban on earmarks because they do, as you said, there's there's no transparency uh, and they undercut the the confidence that the American people have in, in the institutions where you can have things. Of course, we all remember things like the Cornhusker kickback and the Louisiana Purchase, uh, but these are really ways for campaign donors, for people who have special interests, uh, to get things baked into uh, bills that are before the Senate or the House uh, without really having to tell anyone about it. Exactly. Uh, that, that's, that's how they do it. And they do this without any real vote. They do it without individualized consideration of the special project they're wanting funded. And so I, uh, one of the first victories I had after being elected, it actually was achieved before I had even been sworn into office. Uh, these were positions taken by the Republican and Democratic conferences in the House and in the Senate, starting in the fall of 2010, just after a bunch of us had been elected, but before we were sworn in. New members, before they're sworn in, were allowed to vote in those conference position directives. And uh, amidst widespread public disapproval, of earmarking, recognizing that it has led to and it in and of itself amounts to a form of corruption, we banned it. And now they want to bring it back, uh, uh, perhaps because uh, a lot of the same people who used to get them want to get them again. We can't let that happen. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting. Uh, according to the the Hill, uh, there's actually trainings going on of uh, how to really skirt the system and and kind of reintroduce the earmarks. Uh, of course, it all starts with a good branding campaign. They're they're not going to call them earmarks. They're going to call them community project funding, uh, which sounds very noble. <laughs> uh, and the and the only real rules seem to be that uh, you you can't have a direct family member involved in that community project funding. Uh, uh, but any of your donors could surely be part of that community project funding. 
Right, right. I mean, I mean, this is if you look up the Hill magazine, the the, the Hill newspaper article, the second to last paragraph talks about these strict guidelines they've put in place uh, to protect against waste and abuse and corruption. Uh, among those, quote, the law, neither the lawmaker nor the immediate family can have interest in the project. Each lawmaker can have uh, uh, only up to ten requests which will appear on the public online database, and lawmakers must demonstrate public or community support for the project. And for-profit entities are barred from receiving funding. That is a particularly low bar. If, if that's what you're putting out there is the reason why people need not worry about it, uh, you could drive a Mack truck and a 747 side-by-side side through that loophole. That is the I we'll call that the mother of all loopholes, I think is what yes. we'll refer to that as I guess you could add an Airbus A three eighty just for good measure. Just for good measure. Uh I know the great uh Tom Coburn, former senator from Oklahoma, uh who was always a watchdog and always uh, focused on transparency and accountability. Uh, he often called earmarks the the gateway drug to overspending, and not just overspending, uh, but part of a culture of corruption uh, that the American people hate about Congress. Yes, they are exactly that. And a lot of us um, learned under Tom Coburn's leadership for all the reasons why this is so bad. One of the reasons uh, Tom Coburn called them uh, the gateway drug is that it allows people to get into this mindset that their job is to get sums of money. You know, the federal government in it in a normal year uh, without COVID will spend uh, a, a, a ghastly sum of money, somewhere approaching $4 trillion a year. So the, the crumbs that can fall from the table off of that pie are enormous. And if you can direct some of those crumbs to particular interests important to you, that, that is a, uh, a, a miniaturized form of corruption. If you can get them accustomed to a little bit of that, little by little, it's, it's going to get bigger. And that stuff is not going to be allocated uh, according to merit. We've learned from sad experience. It's likely to be allocated according to who's willing to wheel and deal the most and who at that particular moment is able to swing the biggest stick. That is not good for the country. Now, people who are, are, are fond of saying, well, even at their, um, during their heyday, that they were a small percentage of overall federal spending. That may be true, but only in the same sense that when you look at a mile-long freight train, the engine car is a small piece of the train, but it's what's driving the train. Yeah. Earmarks drive corruption, and we should all be concerned about that. Yeah, we, we often say on this show that uh, the the three words that should always send a shiver up our spine is behind closed doors. Uh, yeah. and, and earmarks really allow... Uh, things to be done behind closed doors and then votes to be cast without the American people knowing what is what is the engine driving that decision or that train, uh, as opposed to having members of Congress, you know, on the floor of the House or the Senate uh, proposing amendments, having debate and taking votes that they can be accountable for. Well, that's right. This is a way of essentially buying votes. So if you're if, if you've got a particularly bad legislative proposal, and it's so bad that most members are inclined not to vote for it because they're ashamed to and they don't want to have to explain that to their constituents. You, you add what I used to hear um, before I got here uh, uh, and before the earmark bans took effect. Uh, they, they would say when something was close to being able to pass but didn't have the votes, we're going to have to add some sweeteners. 
And at first, I didn't I didn't know what that meant, and I was <laughs> stunned to learn later that w- what that means is you've just got to throw in some earmarks, some special uh, pork barrel spending for uh, uh, selected individuals uh, to, uh, to to be induced into voting for it. That's really bad, and it results in very corrupt government. Yeah, and so often we complain, and again, the it undermines the confidence of the American people, not just in their own elected officials, but in the institutions, which is what I really fear uh, for the long haul, is if we've completely lost our trust in the institutions to be able to provide the guardrails uh, and the systems that will promote that transparency and accountability and, and debate in front of the American people, uh, th- then we're entering a, a new stage that I, that really worries me in terms of uh, of where the country will head next. Yes, uh, and this is where we've always got to be looking: is um, uh, what comes next, and where does it lead? If this is what's next, uh, we're we're heading in the wrong direction, and that's why we we've got to stop it from happening. Um, look, when the American people are squarely presented with this question, they've indicated time and time again they don't like earmarks. They don't want us doing that. We're not here uh, to take money from the American people and then decide how to redistribute it. We're here for certain purposes, to make sure that we have a strong national defense, to make sure that, as Abraham Lincoln said, that our, our purpose is to lift artificial weights from all shoulders, to afford all a, a fair start and a fair chance in the race of life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee, appreciate you joining us. This is a, uh, a battle that I think will continue, uh, will always continue, I think, in the United States Senate. And we appreciate you standing up and creating, shining a spotlight to, to make sure that we do have transparency and accountability back in Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right, we'll step aside for a final commercial break. When, we're gonna, when we come back, we're going to talk about what we should be talking about in the wake of tragic shootings in Georgia and Colorado. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.